hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Would you please go to God in prayer with me? Oh God, that's what this time is about. It's letting your word speak to us, to shape us, to mold us, to move us, to to make us like you. So as we gather this morning, we always pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So we are continuing our series looking through the book of First Thessalonians, and this will take us all the way up to the season of Advent. Can you believe that Christmas is almost here? I ju- it just blows my mind whenever uh, just being out and about and starting to see the decorations and starting to see all of the ads and everything. But we like to rush to those things, don't we? We like to rush and get there as quick as we can. I think probably some of it is that we want to rush and get to it as quick as we can so we can rush and quickly get it all over with. But as a church, we stop and we pause. And I hope that during this month of November, as we get worked up over all of the holidays that are coming up, that we stop and we let... God's word speak to us in a fresh and powerful new way. You know, I I've, can't tell you how many times I've read the book of 1 Thessalonians, but you know, even as a pastor, every single time you go over these words over and over again, we pick up something new. And, and that's what I try to do on Sunday mornings is to share something new that I've receive from God's word to build us and strengthen us. So as we hear again, maybe for the first time or for the fifth time or for the 175th time, these words from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 13, I pray that you are blessed by the reading of God's word this morning. You remember brothers and sisters, our efforts and hard work. We preach God's good news to you while we work night and day so we wouldn't be a burden on any of you. You and God are witnesses of how holy, just, and blameless we were toward your believers. Likewise, you know how we treated each of you like a father treats his own children. We appealed to you, encouraged you, and pleaded with you to live lives worthy of the God who is calling you into his own kingdom and glory. We also thank God constantly for this, that when you accepted God's word and you heard from us, you welcomed it for what it truly is instead of accepting it as a human message. You accepted it as God's 
message. And it continues to work in you who are believers. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In our passage this morning, Paul is giving us a glimpse of what I think he would call the marks of ministry. And one of those first marks is that ministry is hard work. What, what we do, what, what we participate in, it's hard. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult because sometimes sharing something that is so personal to us, to others, is hard. But it's also a joy. It's also a, a blessing to be able to share what God has given us so that we can then go out and share it with others. But we do this because we, we know that it's not us building ourselves up so that we may be seen as, as better than anybody else. Paul reminds us that it's for God's glory. It's not for our glory. It's so that God may be glorified in and through all that we do. In Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 25, Paul writes, Whatever you do, what, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. See, all the stuff that we do, it, it shouldn't be so that we can impress somebody else. It isn't so that we can have a higher status, but it is just doing what God has called us to do. And one of the ways that we do that is just build relationships. I tell you, my friends, the thing that, that I think matters most to me about this, this whole Christian life, as, as we seek to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, is that we get this relational part correct. Paul writes in our scriptures, Likewise, you know how we treated each of you like a father treats his own children. Now, I know that, that there are people who have problems when we start discussing God as Father. And, and, and it breaks my heart whenever I know or come in contact with people who haven't had great relationships with their dads. But, but what Paul is talking about is, is this perfect relationship with our creator, who Jesus calls father. And Jesus not only calls him father, but he calls him Abba, which is the word daddy. It, it's this familiar thing. It's, it's this relationship that, that Jesus had with God that Jesus continually calls us to have with our Abba with our daddy. When I read this, it reminded me of a, well, it reminded me of a picture that my brother sent me 
uh, this week. This was uh, a, a Sunday morning ritual that my brother, my older brother Dave, and I had with my dad. We would, we would sit together in dad's recliner, and we would pull out the Sunday morning comics, and he would sit there and read them all to us as we were getting ready for church. It was so much fun. I, I miss the comics. I, I miss not having that come every Sunday, but, but it, it was that relationship that helped me grow, believe it or not, as a follower of Jesus Christ. It was that being swept up in my dad's lap that reminded me what this is all about. It's about being connected to one another. It's about having this relationship that we extend to one another. You know, some things that I understand and I realize that church can do, it can become a, a, a task, something that we check off on our to-do list. You know, we made it to church this Sunday. Okay, so we can now go on with the rest of our days. You know, Cowboys play at 325 today, so we got to make sure we're ready for that. We, we have to make sure that we're ready for school on Monday with all of our kids. We have to make sure everything is, is ready to go for work the next day. You know, the, the, the list go on and on and on. But one of the blessings that we have as, as the body of Christ is to build those type of relationships like we should have with our Creator, with our Abba. Adrian Warnock uh, wrote a blog on, on Pathos, which is a, a religious site. And in this blog, he was talking about relational Christianity and what exactly that means. And he shared a whole bunch of, of Twitter thoughts that he, he placed down about relational Christianity. Some of those thoughts were relational Christianity is not being a cozy pastoral group patting each other on the back, but it, it's a prophetic people prodding each other onward. It's not about just giving each other something nice and cozy, but it's about encouraging us to continue to move forward in our faith. Relational Christianity is simply Biblical Christianity, when we follow the great commands to really love God and to really love each other. Relational Christianity is based on an exclusive relationship with the one who saved and loved us, but it leads to an inclusive love for all. And the last one that really stuck out to me is that relational Christianity gives honor to other Christians because we realize that only together can we all reflect God's multifaceted glory. I think that's why Sutherland Springs really bothers us is because we see part of the body of Christ in pain, in agony, suffering. 
And because they are the body of Christ like we are, we hurt too. And we want to make sure that we can be in relationship with them, with our brothers and sisters who were affected by Harvey. And then we can just name the disasters as they go down. We hurt because it affects the entire body of Christ when one part hurts. Last night we had Lord's Acre. And, and while we don't have the final figures and everything, we have a, a good idea, but we want to make sure we have the right figures before we fully talk about that. I, I think the biggest celebration of Lord's Acre was the relationships that were built during this process. A part of the team, you know, I, I got to know more people that I, that I barely knew uh, kind of helping out with the Lord's Acre Committee this year. And I understand now why they are dragging on Sunday mornings or maybe the week after. I enjoyed seeing members of our congregation sitting around tables laughing, having fun, seeing people going back and forth over different silent auction items trying to outbid each other. You know, there was one time I, I was standing uh, off to the side looking over uh, what was happening, and uh, Toby Cavanagh walked up to me and said, what are you thinking about? And I go, nothing. I'm just enjoying watching God's family have fun together. See, that's a part of this relationship building that we are called to be a part of, to strengthen and encourage when 2018 kicks off, another thing that you're going to hear a lot about is small groups, because that is how we build our relationships with each other. I, I didn't have the opportunity to look and see how many people were in small groups, so if you are in a small group right now, raise your hand. If you go to a small group, raise your hand. Okay, go ahead and put your hands down. Okay? We have a lot of people who aren't necessarily connected with small groups. Now, some people may not have raised their hands because they may not go to a Bible study on Sunday mornings. They may not go to the Weta Bailey class. Yeah, that counts. Weta Bailey counts. Choir counts. <laughs> Choir counts. Those who help teach a fusion, that counts. These are ways that we are connected together and it's important that we grow because we want to build a church where everyone is known not necessarily that you know every single person who's in this room because it's going to be impossible to do that but to make sure that you are known by someone and when something happens in your life you know that people are there to care for you as you are able to care for someone else who's in your connected group. That's what the body of Christ is about. That's that relational aspect of the Christian life that, that we fail to miss at times. And, and we don't hear God's words because we're not connected as God's body. Finally, in our passage today, Paul writes, instead of accepting it as a human message, 
you accepted it as God's message. And it continues to work in you who are believers. When I normally preach, I have that opening prayer. And usually in that prayer, there is a, a section that goes like this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Well, those are words from the Psalms. Psalm 19, 14. I've changed it up just a little bit. The real actual words are, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of, our, of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, my rock and redeemer. See, these aren't just filler words. I think sometimes people think pastors have like filler words that they just throw in to make their sermons longer or, or to make the service go longer. No, that prayer isn't just filler. It, it is something deep inside my heart because I want to make sure that what I say isn't what, what Chris Everson wants to say to the church, but I want to make sure that it is God speaking through me. The times that I'm up here, the times that I'm, I'm spending preparing the sermon. I want God to show up and have God's message be proclaimed to God's people. But it's more important, there's something more important than just hearing God's word. Paul ends it by, by taking God's word and making it active in your life, to have it continue to work in you as believers. My hope and my prayer that as we move closer to Thanksgiving, as we continue to give thanks for what God has given us, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we hear his word proclaimed boldly, but then we act on God's word so that we may continue to make a difference because Christ has made a difference to us. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your word. You know, anytime we speak, anytime we pray, anytime we are moving around in our lives, we ask that you guide us and lead us. That you sharpen what we have so that we may be a bold witness of your love and of your grace. So God, as we leave this place, help us to find ways to get even more connected so that we may be known by you and known by each other as beloved sons and daughters of God. And we pray all of this in the name of the one who came to give us life and life abundantly, Jesus our Lord. Amen.